Good evening. Good evening. Uh, my name is Dead Bat. <laughs> We're doing this again, are we? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that actually your name? But yeah, it is, yeah. Default. <laughs> default yeah. My name is in Webding. I, I think I've not got got to Depot office yet. Still just my Twitter handle. Um, yeah, I'm Mark, and there's yeah. no Andrew tonight. Oh, okay. Well, pleasantries out of the way. Um, I don't like these Sunday night kickoffs. I don't like any of the time kickoffs at the moment because unless it's three o'clock, just all over the place. These kickoff times. Yeah, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the last few weeks because it has been. It's been like a steady Tuesday night ish. You know, it's some of them being six o'clock, but it's been a traditional Tuesday night. Saturday three o'clock, you know, and, and I've been quite happy with that. It's been good, but been looking at this month, not happy at all. Yeah, like t- tonight's rubbish, and then virtually every, every it's all rubbish nights. And the Monday night, night one, and then yeah. a, another Sunday one, I another one of these, and a, a late Saturday as well, I think. Which is yeah, not I think bad. Fulham, Fulham in a couple of weeks is Saturday like eight o'clock. You kind of, even though it's been better, you kind of just want it out of the way and it's like you're waiting around all day for it today like well, waiting all weekend <laughs> in this case and yeah. it's and it's it, and if it's not a good result it's kind of you've been waiting all weekend for it because there's nothing else to do let's be honest there's, you're looking to football for your entertainment that's why it's been good there's been two games a week and then so you're waiting all week and you're thinking that this this could be good and then if it's not no spoilers it wasn't tonight but uh, then it sort of ruins your weekend and sets you up for a crap week so all in all I don't like Sunday kickoffs this late. I just don't think football should be played at like 7.50, 7.30, whatever, on a, on a Sunday night. It's all right if you're in Spain and you're on your holidays, sort of thing. But, <laughs> like, it, you know, if you're going to, like, work the next day, I mean, obviously not everyone's going physically going to work, but you're still working. It's just like, like so when you've lost, you're like, oh. Well, why is it good enough for Spain and not us? I don't know, it's just continental, it's a bit warmer. Well, they're, they're lazier there, aren't they? They sleep all day, so... But now it's like we've lost, work tomorrow, weather's crap, it's like fed up. It's a good job people don't turn to this podcast to be uplifted anyway, isn't it? Not self-help, is it? We, we know Nigel Adkins with his well, uh, daily Nigel, daily updates online. He's doing it for us, isn't he? He's, he's a great man, isn't he? he? Absolutely useless manager for us, but we've said it a few times on this podcast. He's, if you don't follow him, just follow Nigel Adkins every morning. Sort of by half eight-ish, he's normally done it, hasn't he? Good morning, everyone. The sun is rising. We start again. New attitudes, new behaviours, new routines. I, I, well, I actually don't need to follow him. I've done it. He just does that every day. He does say things like, uh, give your friend, give your mate a ring, uh, write it, write stuff down. That's another one. So that's what he wants you to write down. Write, write, it, write down some thoughts. And he'll always have like a book he's reading, like, a, you know, an yeah. inspirational autobiography or something. Um, I've got yeah. me five people I'm going to ring today. All his mates must be watching it going, oh, God, I hope it's not me this time. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. It's great, Nigel. Like... No, don't think one will be Kevin McKay. No, unlikely. Mind you, he's too busy putting up uh, banners around, around the side of the stand. This, oh. uh, <laughs> coming soon, uh, some <laughs> shitty student hovels uh, are going to be built that might obstruct people's entry into the ground. He can't what let a, it go, can he? A spiteful petty, little man. Petty man, isn't he? Petty, petty man. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And we're going to come on to the, 
the current board and some of the wranglings. There's been quite a lot last last few days because we've not heard much from Abdullah. And then all of a sudden, the one thing I, I will say about him, because I'm going to defend him later on, I'm sort of giving a bit of a spoiler here, which way I'm going. But uh, I do think if he's going to put something out, he probably should have done it through like the club, like, you know, something on the website or something. He like doesn't talk sport. He's like a shock jock. Like, just, <laughs> like what? I don't know. I don't know how, why he does that, personally. Put it through the proper channels, because that's probably one of the things that's annoyed Wilder as well. He's like kind of spouting off on, like, talk sport. But, well, he's, he's, he's took his lead from Phipsy, hasn't he? Back from yeah. back in the day, Phipsy is a bit of a big Donald Trump fan, so maybe he sees that's the way to do it. Go on some sort of right-wing media outlet and just spout absolute shite. Uh, I see that Sean Dyche uh, has been stealing our uh, material this week when he did his press presser versus, uh, I think it was a game, they playing City, and he spent five minutes, if you've not seen it, get on Twitter, find it, talking about, he called them look, looky-likeys, which lucky I would don't think, we, we just call them look-alikes, but he, he had a very different phrase for him. Well, he's obviously a huge Tufty Club fan, isn't he? Because we were heavily discussing look-alikes, both on this and then the Sean View videos we've been doing. Um I mean, we've done it personally, us two, for yeah. probably since school days, haven't we? we? We we've got quite a few variations, haven't we? Like we do the fat lookalikes, where you you see someone in a pub and you go, "Oh, that's a fat so and so." Memorably at work, I had one. Um, it was when you remember singer Daniel Bedingfield. Yeah, and it were, it were quite quite big, and then he got big himself, didn't he? So he became quite fat himself, and then we had one at work. It was even bigger, so he became a fat fat Daniel Bedingfield. So we've we've had a few of them, and then we've had. Crap lookalikes we've done as well, haven't we? Which is not yeah. probably not quite. I quite good. like if I find one myself, like I'll say, oh look, there's an old, like you said, an old fat me. So I think yeah, that's good. Oh, there's, there's loads of you around at the minute, <laughs> though, isn't there? It's like yeah, that, glass, that, glasses that and hipster look, and glasses, beard, beanie. It's just mm. they're just everywhere. But yeah, big, big, big up as the kids say to Sean Dyche. Uh, Great he's interview, a, brilliant. He's a good man, and uh, I like the fact that he's. Kind of goes off on a tangent. And a big fan uh, of our podcast, obviously. Yeah. Although John McGinn's gone in on him. Uh, did, have you heard about the, the, the they had a, they had a bit of a spat at a game, the game of the week, and he said something like, you shouted him, and he was shut up, you. And then he said to McGinn, he said, uh, you've been in Premier League for one season and you come in with all your, 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 your Billy Big Time or something. And then he, he just turned around McGinn and said, you've been in Premier League for six years and you've still got that same shit coat, which is a great <laughs> comeback. <laughs> it's a good observation but I mean again though if if it's if it ain't broke don't think it's like why would you get rid of a perfectly well we're going to say perfectly good coat it's perfectly crap coat isn't it <laughs> but it's if you know if you get your hair out of it yeah so we've had and we've had a couple of birthdays this week uh two two goats after <laughs> birthday this Dis- week Dis- Dis- and Dis- I know uh a few of the Tufty Club. I'm I'm not one of them because I'm a, a huge Billy Sharp fan and I think he's been a massive uh you know ambassador, servant for the club. But I think you and Andrew get a little bit annoyed with these uh, constant goat emojis being shoved down well, our throats. I've, I've well, I've, I've Andy's views on Billy Sharp have been well documented on the last few pods that he's actually turned up on. Um I I am with you in that he's a club legend and he's a goal scorer. But he would even admit himself that he is in no way the Sheffield United goat, because even he would say Brian Dean is. And but uh, you could argue that the phrase "goat," looking, at, I'm going a bit Susie Dent here, but that the, the phrase "goat" has only come into prominence in recent times. So uh, before, uh, sorry, Brian Dean was obviously around before that, and and the other players before that. So 
technically, yeah, but, was there was the phrase "goat" in, in existence? That's right. That's ridiculous, though, because it means the greatest of all time. So you can't just all time means. And obviously, our parents would say Tony Curry is the goat for Sheffield United, and that they're entitled to their word phrase. Nobody used that phrase "goat." When did it come into the? Well, the is it in the dictionary? When did it come into prominence? Who first used it? I know it's Michael Jordan in American sport. It just means the greatest of all time, which is a phrase that's been in existence forever. It's just people have got lazy recently and, and yeah. sort of shortened it. And it's the same as people who, um, when they go like in a, in a pub quiz, they go, um, music in 1973. And people go, oh, this is before my time. Well, so what? You, you can know stuff about the past. Ridiculous. Get out. <laughs> It's like the Premier League stuff, in it. Like nobody's interested in football sort of before that, uh, yeah. apart from us who well, love football before that. Which which proves my point because the goat scored the first ever goal in football, then didn't he? So there you go. P- point anyway, proven. Brian, Brian Dean's the goat. Brian Dean's the greatest player in our lifetime. The uh, the goat and and Billy Sharp's a legend. But yeah, let's let's leave the the, the goat emojis. Keep him in farmyard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Game tonight, uh, he changed the team. Initial reaction to the lineup, um, I thought he'd done a bit what he did at City, where he's thinking we're not going to win this game anyway, so I'll rotate my strikers and put in just any old strikers, give them, give them a bit of a run out. I'm straight yeah. on the cup for the week, if you know what, probably right, yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, McGoldrick. It's got to be one of your first sort of two or three names on team sheet if you if you're trying to win a game or trying to you know get a foothold in the game. I, I know I know I'm biased. I know I love him. I think he's one of top two or three players at club. But yeah, so straight away you think he's basically gone. I've got to play um, Low and Brian. So we're playing a weak side anyway, and we're probably not going to win even with a strong side. So I think he's just thought let's rotate it, see see how they get on. Yeah, I think McGoldrick scored like three goals against them. And I saw on Twitter all the like Chelsea fans all over the world that obviously never seen a game ever, all like sort of like doing emoji, uh, like sort of uh, memes, delighted that uh, Ronaldo wasn't playing as they were calling <laughs> it and stuff. But um, I, I would have played him. Uh, I would have played him personally. But I think he links. I mean, obviously, when he came on, I don't think he did very well at all. But um, I, I definitely would have played him. And. Uh, yeah, so I, I, he didn't look at a side that I thought he's going to, you know, I thought best we could do is maybe scrape a draw. Um, um, obviously, as it, as it proved, we, we didn't even do that. But uh, Bernie did his, he got a good early bingo in. Uh, that's 10 seconds when he, he clattered that player. He no did, did both of his usual ones through the course of the game, didn't he? But yeah, his, his, his first initial favourite one, which is look at me, look at me, Chris, I'm trying. Look at me! I'm putting myself about a bit, which is just clatter someone half-heartedly, and when you've got no chance of winning, you don't look for that. He was a really bad foul. Well, then he he did really well. He set up Bert with that clever sort of ball through. Um, I had absolutely no belief that Bert was going to score there. I know he scored against Man U, and he obviously got one in the cup, but uh, he he didn't fall over. He kept on his feet. So let's look for you know the, Positive. the positives. Uh, and like I say, went the wrong side of the goal and didn't get it on target. But but apart from that, I did really well. <laughs> no, I'd, yeah, with it being on his left foot, I didn't even get in any way excited. I think I would, I was sipping my hot hot vimp, so just really sort of reclined back in my seat. And I just, it's terrible, isn't it, that you just got absolutely no faith in one of your players when they're on the weak foot. 
He had more I... time. He had more time either on, on the left foot to kind of steady himself and, and come inside a bit more, or he could have actually put it onto his right. There were no none of their players are actually that close to him. He, he could have normally I'm like criticized United players for, for like for doing it too quick, but he, he kind of actually, you know. Could have, could, could have steadied himself, but uh, you know, you, when he did that, I thought we're not going to get many better chances than that. And I don't think we got another chance the not whole really, game. Yeah. No. Really, we had a sharp one at the end, a couple of half chances, but that was as good as it as good as it got, really. Uh, and then they had a chance straight after when they kind of beat the offside trap, and Ramsdale came like herring out, um, and Basham did well. He got back and uh, made a really good block. Um, as they although did. although he did lose. Werner, uh, Timo Werner in the build-up, didn't he? He just sort of, I, it, it, it sort of lost his man, but then made up for it. Uh, but it, it was a bit of a sign of things to come that he just couldn't really get close to him. Chelsea were packed full of uh, pop pop stars. L- L- Louise Werner. And then, uh, as my wife said, uh, she, well, she actually said, I thought Giroud used to be good-looking, but now he just looks like Rylan. <laughs> Which is a, a fair call, to be honest. It's, it's a little bit odd. I'll try and think of some more pop stars that uh, that, that Chelsea players resemble. But uh, no, he, he he was really good tonight. Um, when they put the start up, like his last goal were against Sheffield United. Oh, here we go. Yeah, next one is going to be as well. Yeah. But, but it, well, he didn't score, but he no. absolutely dominated. Uh, you know, I thought the game in terms of his movement and control and touches. Um. But I don't know. I think first ten minutes we, we played quite well. First ten minutes, we you know we were we were sort of winning tackles. We were in the game, and but Lundstrom looked quite live. Left up Fleck and Norwood were all right, and I just thought we were doing well here. We, we you know we we're probably slightly better side despite that one chance. Um, and then we obviously had the, the penalty moment, which was probably what about was it about ten minutes in that I think. Yeah, about that thing. About 10, 11 minutes and. It took ages to give it ref. I was like, they're not here. like really hard voice, like which it clearly was. Lovely touch from Bash. Uh, and I thought he's not gonna get and then he gave it like finally, and then you knew it were too good to be yeah, sure. Straight I'm, away, as soon as they start replay. As soon as they show that, so someone in, in in sort of director's room's gone, oh, it might be offside this. And then and then as soon as they show that first replay from that sort of side on angle, you think Oh, I know why they're showing this this angle, and uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, straight away. It's like, oh. Really good cross from Brian, though. Yeah, I will give it. that to him. Of all of all our options at left centre half, when um, when O'Connell's not playing, he's by far got the best delivery on him. Um, mm, it, yeah, it, he had a good first half. Well, we'll come on to his second half. Uh, <laughs> he did have a good first half. I thought he was our best defender first half. Got a couple of good blocks in. Uh, but like I think you said it on the text after that. Like it was like they kind of seemed to think, oh crap, we better start playing. Actually, these have, have had a bit of a go. They'd have, we'd had that chance early on, and they just gradually got on top of the game. They, they, they dominated possession, play play through the lines as the uh, as the experts say. But they did. They, they got into midfield, and I thought Fleck and Nord who started well, they started to really struggle. They were they were doing that thing where they were like full stretch, going on one knee, trying to foul them all the time. And um, Mounts was a really good player. Improved hugely over the last year. I'd say he's probably one of Chelsea's top two or three players. He, yeah. he, he's a really good footballer. Um, and Jorginho and uh, Kovacic, they, they just kind of dictated things. And Werner was just popping up here, there, and everywhere. And Bash was struggling. I mean, they were brilliant really? at uh, West Brom game. But today, 
he looked like he you know what we expected he might be at Premier League against top movement and players it was it was just full stretch all the time. I'm not saying it was just his fault why why they kept getting him, but um they just kept finding these little openings and I don't know, I sensed a goal might be coming. I think um we had one from a corner that or a free kick when they had a free header like two on one. He was like, where, where are we marking again? Oh yeah. Um and I don't know, it just seemed like it was just all them with possession. I think they put it with 88% or something at one, one spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, just, they just really, that, yeah, I have to say, after that first 10 minutes when we looked well in it, if not the better side, it just it just gradual. I will say this, we we worked we worked hard and we, we kind of limited actual start, chances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a... A shock or, or unfair if it had been nil nil at half time because for all the play they had as the half went on they just kept more and more them stats must have just been slowly creeping up to like eighty plus percent but we didn't really we limited them they didn't really have that many clear chances and I think we worked hard and I think we worked pretty well um, it's just we just couldn't get near them though at times we couldn't get near them and when we did have it we, we gave it away I think there was only one moment where Boba ran forward and dribbled past like two or three men I was like shoot shoot and then he just like dithered because he was on his left side and it kind of just I don't know he just kind of just lost it um, but but from I think from about minute 15 to nearly half time apart from maybe that one maybe another another attack it, it were all them and, and we started giving it away when we did have it we, like they started panicking. Like, oh God, we've got ball, and oh, I've lost it. Like Norwood no gave yeah. it away twice in close success, and then Fleck gave it away. There were one moment where Fleck just like just gave it straight to him, and then and then they put a cross in it. were a poor cross, and then Egan just twatted it again. <laughs> yeah, he kicked it wrong. Makes in real time. I thought, what's happened there? Because like. <laughs> It looked like he should have cleared it the way it went, but you could tell something funny had happened. And when they showed replay, <laughs> he just booted it wrong way as hard as he could off Brian's arse, pretty much. Who was in the wars a bit, because he got one in Knackers as well, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> so it's... it was a really good block. But, but that that moment when we, as I said, I think Norwood had given it away twice in about two minutes, and then Fleck gave it away, and then he did that. And it, was just like, it was just like calamity. And it, you know, the... They just started getting really sloppy. And as good as they were moving it about and getting in their little pockets, it was just like, if we're going to, we've got to keep the ball. And I thought the front two didn't hold it up. I thought McBurney and Burke had started well and then everything were coming back, the bits we did get forward. Um, but I just thought midfield-wise, they, they were just they were just too good for us. They were quicker, more athletic. They, they, you know, they ran through. They started doing that thing where Fleck and I would just get run through. And it's like, where are we? Where are we? Like, they're in here. Like, where's his players? It's a strange one with them two. I mean, front two, like I agree with you, they put an awful lot of work in, chasing down and pressing high, and they forced a few mistakes and, and they did a few good bits. But yeah, you're right, nothing stuck with them. So we're always coming back. And then same with midfielders. They were they were getting through some good work and at times getting a good... Like, Norwood got his foot in pretty well a few times and broke up play, but then other times just so slow to react or It's almost like if you if don't give it to his feet, it's gonna it's gonna struggle to even just keep it under control or it just losing it or like you said, taking himself out of game by going to ground when he could just make a simple block tackle and so it was just really swinging between and putting some really good work in and just doing stupid, lazy, tired things, which maybe because they were putting the effort in and constant chasing kind of forced on him. I, I just worry that they they haven't got the pace and legs. I know Flex I did a couple of all right things again tonight, but generally I just think, you know, Lundstrom always starts games well and then just fades terribly. And, you know, for a 90-minute game, you know, 
Fleck doing bits and pieces, Nunstrom having a good start, Norwood doing all right for a bit. You, you've got to do it for 90 minutes. And their players, they're better players ultimately. They're, you know, they're, they're just better footballers. But they do seem, I don't know, they just seem to be able to get around the pitch more. Or maybe they just, because they're better on the ball and they keep it better, they don't need to run around as much. Yeah, I think it just tires us. Yeah, just knackered by the end. Just tires us, because like you said, they were getting in between lines and in between lines within the lines, players, you know what I mean? And you just say it's just constant, constant running. And I think they, they forced the, the tiredness and the errors because of that. And I think Fleck had, I think had a fairly good game, both going forward and defensively. But at times, I mean, on the goal, whose man was it? I'm sure we're going to well, come on to that now. But... I think the, the goal, obviously, uh, Giroud's come come deep and won it. And then Chilwell's knocked it on. And then I, I don't know if it was Jorginho or somebody's played it down to Chilwell. He's Bogle's not. I mean, we've seen with Bogle when we play better teams defensively, he's pretty poor defensively. He doesn't get tight enough to his man. He switches off when they get in behind, you know, on the, the ball inside, which we saw we got away with a few offsides when he, he didn't have a clue that player would be behind him a couple of times. Um, and then he's played it through, and then but Basham's just let, let him go. And I think he was worried because he gave that stupid booking away early on, which he didn't need to do because we had yeah. men back and he just clouted him. You know, I don't mind that if that had been, you know, later on Last in the game. Spot, yeah, yeah. It's like, you don't need to do that now. Don't get, give yourself a, a booking where now you can't. And he was scared. He, he didn't want to go near him. Yeah. But he just lost him. And he'd lost him a couple of times. Um, and it's a really good pullback. But then we've got nobody within 10 yards of it. It's not even like somebody was within a couple of yards with him. I don't know whether it's Brian's. It technically mounts like a attacking midfielder. So I don't know whether it was flight, whether it was mount, whether it was... I genuinely don't know whose man it was. It's sometimes easy just to say, oh, it was a midfielder because he's a midfielder, but nobody's I'd... communicated at all. Well, because you were, uh, well, a couple of minutes late and I was sat ready, like with your Sorry. weak lemon that you've, you've got. I can see you drinking there. <laughs> no, no, weird. no, that, that, weren't, that weren't a dig. I actually thought, Right, I know. I know. Dead bat likes uh, pointing blame on these goals, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out who was to blame. I'm, <laughs> I'll find you. I'll find you, man, and blame you. I watched the goal three, four times, and I'm still none the wiser. I mean, the defense, they all went across, you know. So, because obviously the the trouble were coming down that left hand side, and when a man gets beaten, they all end up moving across one to cover. And they, and so, they sat back deep, didn't they? So I think the defense was struggling because. Brian went as it broke across. Brian went across to Giroud in middle, which then meant um, Low had to come across as well. So none of them were even thinking about Mount because they were covering the one to the right of them. If you know what I mean, they just kept moving across. So I don't think the defence. But what I can't understand is why not one single midfielder was anywhere near him. And I mean, they were nowhere near at all. Flex just walking back. I don't know if it. I can't blame it on him because I don't know if it's his man, but he just he's just wandering back, and you've got to hope one of the three is going to see there's some danger and drop in. But they didn't. Or, or the other side is it one of the defenders? I know you said some were picking up, but whether it's Egan or not bashing through down that side, um, Brian has got to come because they can see the play facing on. That one of them has got to step out because the danger surely there is the guy on the penalty spot. Yeah, you know I, well, I mean? the, the guy on the penalty spot, I think, was. I might have even remembered this wrong now, even though I watched it four times. But um, I think Giroud was pretty central, and I think Egan moved off him as the ball broke. So Brian went across one to stop that. And I don't know. You, it's just one of them things, isn't it? That we just got undone by faster movement, and we were just all at sea. But why he stood in that much space, I don't know. I mean, it's a nice finish, but you know, he, 
top players are going to put are going to pull that in, and you know, no chance for for, for Ramsdale. And then and then after that, I'll like just get to half time one new and, and regroup and have it. You know, this is like change formation, but. I just, I just think we gave him way too much respect for that last bit of the first half. And I think that theme continued second half. But we, we obviously got back into it with just a bit of a freak. I didn't even see the goal. I'm going to hold my hands up in live. I was twitting about. And, and then I just said this, oh, goal. And my, like my wife and my son said it were in. And um, yeah, tr- tremendous goal. Burke contributed by miscontrolling it, which I enjoyed. Yeah, just... Awful touch, but then he was just sort of he was nuzzling, weren't he? With Billy Sharp nuzzling style down it, breathing down his neck. And obviously it was enough to make him well, a good finish, weren't it? Just yeah, sort of passed it in, quite literally just passed it into the corner. Just rubbish goal. Absolutely yeah. shocking. Yeah. You couldn't even score a good goal. But but he were like, after he scored that, you then you kind of think, right, got a chance now. Like, let, let's get into him a bit. We've shown him a bit of respect. Let's win a few tackles. Let's play a bit, not necessarily higher up the field, but let's let's stop him from coming out of those little areas where they were getting into midfield and breaking through. And I just thought, even, even though obviously the goal was a bad mistake, I thought for the next two or three minutes after that, that was our chance to kind of like put them under pressure. They, they'd not conceded for a while. New manager, you know, they've been, they, they've had, comfortable sort of performances in terms of defence. Um, and it's, But then that goal is... Well, just... the alternative is just immediately let them back in front again. Wow. And that's the route we take. We've done this a couple of times this season, haven't we, where we've got a goal to either get back in it or get back within a goal. And you think, oh, we can we can do something from this point and then just instantly concede again. And it's just... It, it... It's, it's solid. Yeah, because I've just listened to the, the Sky analysis and uh, we'll, we'll start at kind of source. And they, they soon as I think it was soon as not even being Richards, they blamed Egan, which no one probably would think about. But his pass wasn't great because Brian was under a little bit of pressure and he's kind of played it in where he's straight on. I think that's what the pundits have said as opposed to where he can kind of clear it. But I think, I think, I don't think Egan's kind of, you know, it's a pretty routine one. Brian had done really well first half and he'd been given balls like that first half where he just kind of worked it around and, and yep. sort of played it away. But I think as he played it with his wrong foot, as he? As yeah, he, played, he right tried foot. to first time back pass right footed, weren't it? Which again, it's it's pathetic with Premier League footballers and you, you just worry about them on the weaker foot. And as it proved, it was just it was just an absolutely nothing pass. You could it? see it coming. And first half when Ramsey had come out, and I thought Ramsey was going to bring him down first half. You know when Basham played that yeah. last line, I was like, oh, he's going to bring him down because when he comes out, and again people are going to say, oh, you, you're going in on goalie again, sort of thing. But I don't have any conviction that he's either going to come out and absolutely get there. You know, like Henderson used to do, where he used yeah. to come out really quick and. You know, and, and I can't remember Henderson giving lots of penalties away. He used to be so quick at his fit. He'd be decisive. Once he'd go, he'd commit to it. Or kind of like, that's what it sounds, keep back there sort of thing. Because he wouldn't have had as clear a chance if he'd have kind of kept back. But he's, he's kind of got himself in. I mean, it's not, te- it's Brian's error, but he's, he's put himself a bit into no man's land. And as soon as, as soon as Werner kind of, again, soon as has said, oh, I don't think it was a penalty. And, you know, one of our mates said, I don't think it was a penalty, but... I, I think if that was United, you'd be screaming for a penalty because even though he's knocked it a little bit wide and, and maybe he might not have got in stuff, the minute you've kind of, as a striker, the minute you've knocked the ball past the keeper or away from the keeper and the keeper's made contact with you, whether it's inadvertent, and people are going to say, well, no, he's made contact with the goalie, but the goalie's fallen to ground at his feet and he's had control of the ball. 
So it's a penalty for me, and I, I, I don't know. I think loads of United fans will probably say it weren't. I haven't been on any forums or social media and stuff, and I'm not just doing that to be all controversial and say, you know, anti-United, but I think we'd have been screaming for that if it had been at the other end. Well, you're not being controversial because it is a penalty. It's like we've seen we've seen it on outfield uh, sort of tackles this season where, uh, well, the Lundstrom red card is a great example where you've got two players coming in for effectively a 50-50 and when that happens, if the first one doesn't make it, the second one's going to make the foul and it's it's a foul every time, regardless of whether it's intentional, regardless of whether, you know, they think, I don't know, you, you think, oh, they can't get out of way once they've committed. It doesn't matter. They've 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 gone through the man. They've got not got anywhere near the ball. It's a foul. It's as simple yeah. as that. And it's and you're, you're right. The other way would be screaming for it. And and I think rightly so. He's looking for it. And I don't think he's going to get the ball if Ramsdale yeah. doesn't take him. But he does. He take he takes him. He takes his eclipses eclipses leg, doesn't he? So it's a penalty. Soonest says Ramsdale were well, lucky not to get injured there. Like player knew what he was doing. It could have really hurt him, which I was quite surprised about. Honestly, that's what he said at the end of the game. He said, "You've gone in there to injure Ramsdale." <laughs> I think, like, it, it just says out him, doesn't it? Just to just to just to seem relevant. I think just to seem like he's actually saying something that oh, oh, has said something. I, I think we might be on our not on our own, but I think you will be surprised when we go on some of the uh, the socials like, and I think lot uh, uh, one eyed United fans will be saying never a penalty. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong, and they might. You know, but I think you've summed it up. I think as, as soon as you've got to the ball first, doesn't matter even if you have knocked it well away from and, and played for it. If the goal, the if there's contact, whether it's the goalie onto him or him onto, you know, it's always going to go in the favour of the player who's and that's that ball. and that's exactly it. The other way around. Say say Ramsdale did just get there first and he sort of pats it away, and yeah. he he comes flying through and he makes that contact with Ramsdale. We'd be shouting for a red card. Yeah. Oh, he's he's never got ball and he's gone in and he's. he's, he's clipped his head and you know so it's, it's just the way it goes you go in for a 50-50 you've got to make it if you don't you're probably going to give a foul away and I don't know it just kind of took the air out of the game that we got back into it and after that uh, obviously the penalty was was rolled in easily and um, it was just nothing happened I, I was quite bored it reminded me of some of the games early in the season you know when we lost a lot of games early in the season by a single goal and they keep going on about Oh, they've lost all these games where I've seen, again, overloading us with stats about how pathetic we are, like constantly it's going to be tough and aren't they rubbish? And it's like we know. <laughs> Come up with something different. I don't know. Talk I think about something different. I think they're being nice. I think they're saying they're like a good crap when they, when they keep like, reeling re- re- them stats out. They, they only lose by one, though. Bless them. It's all a bit like that, isn't it? So, But... The reason why we only lose by one is because when teams get into that position, they sort they of drop to. back into second gear, or maybe even neutral, coasting That's down nice. a hill with a foot on court. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I thought for him, I mean, when did that goal go in about 55, something like that? Like, I don't even know when, when it went in, but I did think from that point onwards, um, I, I just thought it was such a boring game. If I was a neutral watching that, I'd have been quite annoyed with us. And that's probably a little bit harsh because they're better than us. They can move us about. They kept it easy. We couldn't get the ball off them. But I'd have been like, at least have a go. Put some tackles in. At that point, I wouldn't have cared if we'd got a few yellow cards or got stuck in or got close. But whether it was because there was just no belief and they were just... just weren't good enough or whether they just were that knackered from chasing them around for so long, you know, in, in 
the whole game that they just couldn't they just couldn't get they couldn't get the ball and but when we did have it we gave it away so sloppily you know so cheaply and it was just straight back to them so we'd have it for like one one or two passes we'd lose it and then they'd have it for like two or three four minutes but not do anything with it because they didn't need to they just knock it about and and just just coast around as easily we seem at full stretch even when we're in possession. It's weird. It's just it's yeah, strange yeah, that we just we just bust in a gut to keep hold of it. Like like we're always one touch away from giving it away. It's weird. It's really. It, I think you summed it up. You texted like a big long diatribe about what we're going wrong. But the but, one bit that you could have just one dist- bit that made sense. It you could have distilled it down to one bit, which was no belief, and it was almost like they just were. They just didn't think they could really get back in it. And just... Like in possession, like a snooker player that constantly snookers themselves. <laughs> exactly. oh, I've got nothing on now. Yeah. Not left myself a colour. Just kept running out of position. Yeah, just yeah, exactly that. Actually, good good analogy. <laughs> but it, it, I just thought it was dull. I was sat watching it, and again, I started going on my phone a bit. To, and I don't normally do that in games. So I was just like, I I did not think you know, we, we were going to get back into it. It was a bit like that Tottenham game a few weeks ago. And I know we've played some poorer teams like West Brom and Newcastle Wingers, but in the two Manchester games, we were getting close to them. We were harrying them, we're hustling them, we're pressuring them. We're working in packs on, off the ball. And when we had it, we're playing some little neat football and pressing them back and we're creating odd chances here and there. I thought today, both on and off the ball, I, I just thought we, we didn't have any belief that we were either going to get it back. And then when we had it, the odd times, we just gave it them straight back and, it was poor. We, it was frustrating. Of, yeah. I think you've summed it up there. It was poor. It weren't it wasn't terrible. We weren't no. abysmal. We were in the game. We were putting a lot of effort in. It were there was a fair there was, you know, there's a fair bit of good stuff. And I think Fleck made a you know, he's, he's still run, looking yeah. back to his old old self in that he make a few runs, he drew a few fouls, good good feet, he good, did a few good turns, a few good runs, a few good, you know, a few good deliveries as well. But there was also some crap in amongst it and we, we weren't terrible. We were just poor. It just weren't... I, I don't think the... I mean, he, he, he brought on... Uh, he made changes and he brought on um, Goldrick for Burke um, and then obviously put Sharp on for... Who did Sharp? Sharp came Brian. I thought Sharp did well. I thought Sharp did well and I think Sharp did more in 20 minutes than probably the other strikers did the, the whole game. Yeah. I thought McGoldrick... Um, didn't really get in the game. I don't think McGoldrick impacts games when he comes off the bat. Maybe people will come back to me on that and say, oh, no, there's been games when he's... I think he's better when he starts. He takes him too long to like get into games. Like to get to the, And he's not very quick anyway, but get up to no. the pace of, of the game sort of thing. He's not, he's not an impact sub anyway, is he? He's, no. His game is to just link it all up. And by the time we chuck in strikers on to try and change it, we're looking at we just need to get the ball in the box or get chances as quick as we can, not play any sort of flowing football or him dropping deep or anything like that. It's almost like we just need that other option, don't we? Just lumping it or something or getting it down wings and getting crosses in. Well, I, well, I thought I was texting you towards the end because they, they were just knocking it about uh, quite easily. They had a few corners, a few chances deflected wide and a header. I think Alonso had a header and James had a shot just over and, I think they, I think they could have easily scored another one or two goals if they, if they needed more goals. But they were kind of quite happy to one because we, we didn't threaten at all. We didn't threaten at all. We, you know, we, we, we like I said, Fleck had that one run, but I think McGoldrick had a very weak shot. But it was so easy for them those last. It, it was just dull. It was just dull, and it was just like I never thought we were going to score. I, th- I thought if someone else was going to score, it's going to be them. 
Um, it was almost again like we were kind of happy to be 2-1, like at least we're not getting hammered here. And just I wanted them to get it forward more, not not as in just twat it long, long ball, but get them turned, get get McBurney's on to to you know cause them a, a bit of a bit of a threat. And we, we just it was just rubbish, it was just a bit literally the only threats came from what we never do, which is runs through middle. And even then, they weren't really full threats, were they? But we had we had Fleck did one, Sharp did one, like first half Bogle did one, and the, the, the only times where we looked like we were going to get something, just running straight through middle, or, or shooting through middle. But, but even when we had chance to get crosses in towards the end, we had I say a spell, but we had a bit of territory. And Lundstrom, he had four chances to get ball in box, and he just kept coming back onto himself. And then he finally did a terrible cross. I did one into near like near postman, and then one straight to keeper. It's just like I mean, he started the game well, and he got worse and worse as the game he's, went on. He's, he's, but he's the same every time, isn't he? He like he, he starts the game well, but it's almost like he, he thinks he's got to cover all midfield on his own, and I think he just wears himself out. And then it, by end, he's just. Chipping lazy balls in because he's just got no energy left. I think that's one one thing. If you potentially can't so, yeah. Play nice, but but Sharp won a. Uh, I think he he actually won a. He put one crossing not far from it burning. Then he won a. I think he won like a, a throw in towards the end, and then obviously had that decent effort. The, the overhead. I never thought it was going in. I mean, the, the keepers, you know, going to make that say. But that was. I think that was the only effort we had that I can really recall from that weak McGoldrick one. The, Apart from the Burke chance in the own goal, like I can't well, think of any other chances. They were Brewster had his usual just oh, Bruce belt, had a block, belt it as hard as you can. We normally say he does two good passes and two absolute twat, one absolute twatted shot, but he had two twatted yeah, shots within 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 two seconds. Neither of them uh, got past first man, but, but you know it's a shot on target. I think. Well, my satellite froze when he had those shots. What about yours? No, no, I'm fine. Well, I would get him man down. As the free it? kick came in, it just all froze, like as, as he had that shot. So I did, didn't. It just seemed to be just bouncing about. Maybe didn't even know he had two shots. He just thought it would say one. Maybe it was just just my my ass. Like, I thought, is it snowing out? But no, it weren't. Well, obviously, I could have seen on yeah. on the on the field when it was snowing up. It's only like ten minutes from my house. Went had a tough um, weather report. Too. And yeah, and it just just drifted to a, a pretty predictable 2-1 defeat. I thought 2-1 probably flattered us, actually, over the game, over, like, kind of, not chances necessarily, but over how they controlled the game and, and how they, they just won it quite easily, really. It was an easy 2-1 win, I think. Yeah, it was an easy 2-1, but I think it was a fair score. It's a funny thing to say that, but I think they were, they just got to that position. I think we, like I say, got through a lot of work. We limited their actual chances, but you, you always felt that if they felt like they're in any danger, they could have probably stepped it up a bit or or switched it around. And it did feel a bit Premier League v sort of Championship Cup Cup tie type thing again. And uh, it just reminded more of the games early in the season. And we, we we've been we've been closer to even good sides like the two Manchester game. And I, I just think today was more like the Spurs game where we gave them a bit too much respect. Maybe it wasn't we chose to you know give them respect. We just we just weren't quick enough and good enough to, to to get on the ball and get and get around them and it, I don't know it just it just, it felt like kind of the last few weeks we've seen him like actually have a go and like they believe not they're going to stay up but we're going to you know at least kind of got a bit of a run and stuff and I just thought tonight was a bit kind of it, it's interesting because West Brom were the same earlier bits I saw of them um I, I think the bottom three are gone now. I, I know that's a big call, but I think they, they're, there's such a big gap between yeah. those three already. 
Well, it's like we've put this run together, um, but then we've done it at the same time that all them teams that, that are in sort of fourth bottom position, and it kept changing, that, oh, we've got to catch Newcastle now. Oh, no, we've got to catch them now. We've got to catch Brighton now. And it just, they all kept picking points up at the same time. So it's just, it's... But it's, it's time dreams anyway. I was getting into the argument on the forum, forum sort of message shout box yesterday. People saying, I can't believe you're not that bothered about the Southampton-Newcastle game. Because I wrote, it just doesn't matter whether, you know, obviously... If Newcastle, uh, sorry, if Southampton scored, have been better, but it's not going to make a blind bit of difference. You know, it, it's got. I think people genuinely think we'd we'd have to win like eight or nine games out of like sixteen. To, Champions to, League to four. Basically, we've got to suddenly pull out. We've been abysmal for a third at season. Pretty cack for you know another sort of most of a third, and then so we're saying last third. All of a sudden, we've got to put on Champions League form just out of nowhere. I, and we see it is quite annoying. This is going to go to the, the narrative of a lot of the United fans with their excuses, but we do seem to play all these teams when they're in like good form, like the, the better teams. Uh, no, but seriously, like tonight, Chelsea have kind of hit form a little bit. It's new manager in after they were rubbish under Lampard. They had, uh, Tottenham have gone rubbish since they played us. Yeah. Uh, I know they won today. Uh, Liverpool, you know, earlier in the season were like playing great stuff. They've gone terrible since. You know, you know what I mean? Like City were poor early in the season. They've kind of it, it, it fought. Southampton and Leicester were like flying when they played us. So uh, we're just unlucky. That's, okay, that's yeah, that's that's the reason. That's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason we're bottom of the league. <laughs> just unlucky when just we're Just all bad luck. Yeah. It's that like curse. Yeah. I mean, really look at that goal that, that we scored today. <laughs> <laughs> So everything's against us. But now, so let's get back on with the FA Cup, I say. We're enjoying that. Yeah, well, will you be enjoying it till Tuesday? Wednesday, even. Wednesday, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what day we're playing on. Though. Um, now, basically, just we've got to win next three. Got to win that to get to the next round at Cups to keep se- season alive. No, I don't mean next three Cup games. I'm not saying we need <laughs> to get right. to, Next three matches. Basically, we need to win that one, obviously, to keep the season alive. Um, and then, is it West Ham and Fulham? West Ham and Fulham, too. Yeah, if, 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 we've got, if we're harbouring any hopes of this bizarre, impossible escape, and obviously I've just called it impossible, so you can see my <laughs> thoughts on it, um, we've basically got to win next three. Keep the season alive with the Cup and win them two games. And then win another two or three after that. <laughs> yeah, win loads after that. I've got to win loads after that, but... But that's 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 the task I'm setting him. If you're listening, you've got to win next three. It ain't happening, I'm afraid. I think uh, I think the bottom three are going to be done with about eight and that, probably seven or eight games left at, the, at this that's rate. That's a big call, isn't it? Well, maybe not seven or eight, but certainly certainly going to be with games to spare. I think they're going to be gone, aren't they? Yeah, you'd have thought so. But uh, never mind. And there's been a lot of it seems to kind of hit the you know we alluded to it earlier with the Abdullah. Uh, talk sport interview but it seems to be a lot of kind of um, I don't know a lot of talk on social media stuff about Abdullah and Wilder and um, they've been both been quite public to, to be fair um, like the Prince has come out and uh, I'll, I'll quote you look you actually get you don't not not normally do you get actual real stuff on our podcast you just get absolute <laughs> nonsense but he, he said, Abdullah, lack of January signing, you always have to position yourself and don't think with emotions. I had to look at our league possession position. If we bring in two or three loads, it doesn't work out. It would add to the burden that we have to manage next year. 
And then he and then he said, "It's, it's almost impossible to leave this country." But I managed to fly to meet Chris and tell him, "You are our coach. We're going to stick with you, even if we lose all the rest of the games." So how, how did he get out of uh, Saudi Arabia? That's oh, absolutely. Well, he's paid On what grounds? He's, well, he said, "I've got to fly over there to go and wank in his Peroni." So. <laughs> Well, for anything else, where he's, he's basically got arson with him, hasn't he? So he's paid someone. He's paid someone at, <laughs> at Riyadh, in Riyadh, Air, wherever the airport is, and gone, I need to get over there to make it look like I'm doing something. Moan at him, which I could have done by phoning TalkSport again and saved all this effort, <laughs> and then come back. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and then Wilder's come back and said, I'll just get on my job. I'm a big boy. Things don't go your way all the time. I made my recommendations to the board in the interest of the club. I'm not a yes man. I respect the decisions made, but I don't always agree with them. I don't agree with this one, but there it is. I get on with it and move on. I have a group of players who are fully committed. As much as I respect others' opinions, I think people should respect mine too, which was to bring a couple of players in. The owner makes the decisions, um, which... A football club and has to carry with it that burden to the best interests of the club. I respect that decision, which it clearly doesn't, doesn't it? It doesn't, right? It's thinly veiled. Uh, dig it. I mean, I mean, there was the article which the guy uh, who writes quite. I don't know. They quite. I don't know. the The, the articles are, are, are very controversial. I would say he goes in because he they're very clickbait. He wants to get the. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the view from John Street. I think it is. All oh, right. Yeah. And, yep. he, and he's been quite critical of Abdullah a few times. I don't, people say it's Kevin McCabe. It's it was written by McCabe. <laughs> but I don't know about that. But he, he has gone in with a, you know, this this is the start of the end. He'll be preparing his regulation letter, um, you know, and um, clearly there's a split and stuff. But I think managers and chairmen do fall out. There's not going to be a manager in the land who doesn't want more money for signings and, and will keep asking for that. And Wilder's, you know, said that. I, I wanted signings. Uh, there's been a lot of other people who've said, oh, they, they've let him down. They've not got his first choice players. You know, he wanted Cash and Watkins and Eze and, and people like that, Eze. But I don't think... I, I'm going to defend the board on this. You, if he hasn't got the money to, to get 60, 70, 80, 90 grand players, whatever these were, you know, top of ceiling wages, he can't... How, how can he fund... He can't just give him money he's not got. I think people are too soon. Give, give him money. He needs to. He's not getting his hand in his pocket. It's that same yeah, old exactly. story. If he hasn't got the money, and I don't think he is minted like a lot, like the Villa chairman's, like hugely, you know, finances are massively apart, even from Fulham's owners. And quite a lot of the, you know, there's only a few clubs. We're more on level with like Burnley or Norwich who went, we just not got the money to, to spend. But I don't know. Of course not. His net worth is his net worth, isn't it? He's, he's, he's yeah. got whatever money he's got. He can't just print... Or maybe he should change his bog roll factory to printing money factory. I don't know. But I, I can see both sides of the argument, but it's it's something and nothing. And people taking sides and saying they're right and he's right. And they're both talking shite anyway, aren't you? you you've, you've alluded to it that he's got owner going to bloody talk sport... I mean, why don't they just talk to each other and have a joint press conference or something rather than just pissing around going through talks? But then you've got Wilder going, I'm a big boy, I just I say what I need to say, then get on with it, and, and that's it. Well, that's that's nonsense as well because he keeps having thinly veiled digs with everything, including naming his team yeah. and never naming a full bench, 
which he's done it tonight. I think it, I, I genuinely think that he's done that tonight. As if I can, look, I can't even fill my bench. Look, exactly, at, he could have filled the bench. He's got he's got youngsters, and I think Robbins, Jack Robinson, and Rodwell are fit from from the reports out of the club. I might be wrong on that, but he, he could have filled the bench. He could have put another goalie on the bench just just to fill it's another. A laugh. Well, why not? Yeah, I, I don't know why he don't put because he puts kids on bench when he feels like yeah. it, and then mm. and then when he wants to make a point. It's home game as well. It's not like, and you know, I'm sure they were allowed to stay up a bit past the bedtime. These kids, so he could have he could have brought a couple of them in. And what arms it going to do? I don't. People talk about, and I I read something on forum last week, week before that some some people put in some conspiracy theory for that Robinson's on some appearance money, or we're gonna we're gonna owe um, we're gonna owe some more money if he plays another game or something or whatever. Don't believe that. And even so, if you have him on bench, I don't know, it's, it's just an option, isn't it, that you'd pay that money if you had to bring him on because he was a bad injury or something. And then the other one being, oh, they're in bubbles for um, for COVID. So if you put them on, put kids on bench, they can't play for under-23s because they're in wrong bubble or something. Which... Nonsense. They were on bench of the week. Exactly. So why can they... Be, why can the first they... team surely comes comes first, literally, doesn't it? It's a clue's in name. <laughs> exactly. Under-23s come 23rd. I mean, it looks like I've, I've kind of, I suppose both has gone in on Wilder a little bit here, but yeah. I mean, he's absolutely fantastic, Wilder. I want him here more than anything yeah. else. I want him here at the start of next season. I want him to reshape the team a little bit. I want him to kind of build the next great kind of United side, obviously in the championship. You know, I want him here for the long haul. I, I want it to be a you know, long-term relationship. I don't want him to kind of end the season. He's not giving me any money. I'm, I'm off now sort of thing. Because, I think Wilder's got to be a bit realistic. He he did give him some funds. I know people have gone about well, it's not the way it's the wages that matter and stuff. But I don't know. I I, I think he could have done better with the signings we've made. Uh, I think the fifty million we spent on Ramsdale, um, Brewster, the two wing backs, Bogle's done all right. But have any of the others really improved the first team squad? They haven't. And no. None of them they might are. come good. They might come good, but I, I think there are players he could have got that would have been within the wage structure. Some of the players that have gone down out of the, you know, that got relegated or some other players in the championship, they were a little bit more ready. I mean, classic example, as you say in hindsight, is the lad at Brentford that's scoring all the all the goals. Uh, Ivan Tony, do you know what I mean? And who was, you know, perhaps more seasoned and ready. But people argue and say, well, Brewster scored goals at the Championship last year. Yeah. It's, everything's easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? But if Ramsdale and Brewster had hit the ground running, done well, then you know, some great signings, young up and coming players. But uh, ultimately, you're judged on, on on who you bring in. And I agree with the Prince. I would not have given him any more money when we're almost relegated. You know, money's tight with the pandemic. Um, you've got to wait till the summer and, and, and look. It'd be nice if you had like maybe one lone player and stuff. But I, I, I agree with with what they've done. I do. Uh, yeah, I've got to say I do. I mean, he's he's spent an awful lot of money, especially by United standards. It's like I, I hate the word. It's been banded around a lot this recently, but it's unprecedented the amount of money we've spent over the past year, year and a half. What hundred million plus whatever it is, and they're the kind of signings we would never have made in the past and we've spent an awful lot of money. And he, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's basically spunked it all on individual, like he's spent a lot of money on individuals that in all honesty, haven't come good. And it's like, you, you don't, it's like when I, when I were a kid, I'd, I'd, I'd beg, beg my mum for some money and then I've, I've wasted it on joining Ghostbusters fan club 
for like five quid, 10 quid or whatever. Well, only like six or seven at a time. And then I, I, I realised I spent all my pocket money for the next two or three months. Can we just stop? Did, did you really join the Ghostbusters fan club? It was rubbish. I, what did you get? Nothing, next to nothing. I, sp- I can't remember how much it was. It's either five or 10 pounds. I think... Yeah. I think just to be in it i think it was i think it covered the year of whatever and i think they sent two newsletters which were just basically print just typewritten nonsense that were photocopying and sent out i remember being thinking this is this is rubbish you even so, get like a slimer badge or not no no nothing dennis the menace fan club now that were good value 95p right. you got two badges a little book and um and various other stuff that absolutely rubbish. Five, five or ten quid it was, which were a lot of money when I was six or seven or what, however old I was. But obviously, I'd begged my mum for that money, like up front, and I'd, I'd basically spunked it on crap. And she, she quite rightly wouldn't like give me more. After the original Ghostbusters, or after Ghostbusters 2? No, no, it's around, I think it was between them. I think they were just trying to keep oh. interest going. I think they probably re released original at the cinema, and I'd just seen it. And um, yeah, and. And uh, yeah, my mum quite rightly wouldn't let me have any more money. And this is this is an almost identical situation with Wilder, <laughs> that he spunked all his money on something that's turned out not to be worthwhile so far. So why would you then give him more? As my mum quite rightly said, you're going to have to wait now to be able to buy your 20p mixers. You're, you're in debt with your, your Ghostbusters fan club. So uh, yeah, he's quite right. Um, I'm just trying to think who... Um... Brewster is in, in this analogy and Ramsdale. <laughs> I don't think they're anything, are they? Who was the who was the who was the fourth Brewster that came, came in at the end of what's his face? Winston Zedmore. Oh uh, yeah, no, no I, no, I was thinking of the other one, the little guy that was the one that I shrunk the kid. Oh, uh, he, he, he wasn't a Ghostbuster. He was. He, he, he came in was a bit of a Ghostbuster, wasn't he? He got a bit of a role as a, he did. What in the second one? In the first one, no, in the first one, it was Ghostbuster. They let him be a Ghostbuster. They didn't, they did. It's many years since I've seen it, but as a member of the Ghostbusters fan club, I can tell you now, they let him be an honorary Ghostbuster, definitely. Oh, you might be, you might be right. They might be in a throwaway line about it. He, he weren't very good. He was like a bit of a. Oh, it was like when you know when Sharp was trying to set Brewster up the other week in that cup game. They were like trying to like, get him like a part of things, but he just he just wasn't very good. Well, he ended up. Uh, what happened to him? He, he ended up being like kind of. He was the one that I need to rewatch. I need to rewatch. I don't. I, th- I think it was just throwaway line you're thinking of, or even in cartoon. He was one. He was the gatekeeper or the keymaster, weren't he? That when that together with Sigourney Weaver made some bad stuff happen, opened the gates as well. Suit on and a gun, and somebody said you, you know, you can be a Ghostbuster for a period, definitely. You make it up, unless it were in Ghostbusters two, and I've forgotten it. But no, it might have been Ghostbusters two actually when they when they when they they, they used the uh, uh, Statue of Liberty to, and they brought it onto the mainland to uh, to kill off that mad. I, I only saw Ghostbusters Ghostbusters two. I can't even say it at the time, and I can't remember a thing about it. I need to rewatch it actually. As a no, it's, of it's, all right. it's got it's got uh, it's got a decent soundtrack, I would say. You've got a big Bobby Brown fan, you are, aren't you? Bobby Brown, but it was well, also... not of his not of his actual violin. Jackie, wife Jackie Wilson, work. Jackie Wilson, I think, was used at the end as well. Oh, nice track. So uh, I didn't like the new Ghostbusters. You know when they uh, and that's not sexy. Sexy thing, it sounds horrible. very sexist to me. No, but I just didn't like it. I just didn't think it worked. They're doing another one, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, they're remakes. Yeah. They'll be bringing a. They'll be bringing a fan club perhaps <laughs> you'll be well, I'll, I'll fall for that one again and then Prince won't let me have any more money I'll tell you to what, even in the Tufty Club you got a pin badge 
you know, that's very true. I didn't even pay anything for that. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but anyway, yeah, to, to, to go back to the, the point at hand, I agree with you. I want to see Wilder at this club for a long, long time. To, to use your American sporting nonsense um, vernacular, I want him to build a dynasty. I want him to be... <laughs> Well, it's, been, it's going a bit more like dysentery at the minute, isn't it? We're going to have to have Prince's speciality to clear up. But now I want him to be here for a long time and I want him to just build us up again next season. But I think they're just both being a bit petty. They just both need to get on with it. They've both done as well as they can. The Prince has spent what he's yeah. got and he's, he's put in what he can and he's supported him all the way. Wilder's done what he can with what he's got and what he's, in all honesty, he's wasted on a couple of players thus far. Hopefully they'll come good. They both... You know, they're both not faultless, but they've both done as almost as well as they can. They just need to get on with it, stop moaning. Yeah, there's a bit of, there's a bit of passion in there. But ultimately, you know, he's in charge, uh, the Prince. And, you know, while Wilder's not got the cards that he had last season when he could basically say what he wanted and get what he wanted to, to some degree in terms of, you know, contracts and players. And now he's going to have to toe the party line a bit. Um you know, I think the prince will keep him in a, in a job. But and if Wilder does like say I'll leave at the end of the season, as that chap alluded to, then where's he going to go? He's only going to get a similar sized club at best in the championship. And a champ, most championships coming up are not going to spend the money like Villa have spent or at Ful- and Fulham. The majority of the clubs you go through were, have not spent the money at, at all. You know, look at Norwich, but West Brom. Um, so and there's an argument West Brom have brought five players in. Are they going to are they going to keep them up? Some of the players. That, is it just going to be dead money? I know, you've already said they're all three going back down with a 20 games to spare or whatever you said. No, so, I, 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 yeah, fantastic manager, but uh, I think I think that the Prince was right on this one. And we, we can't spend what we haven't got. It's typical United, they, they're thrifty, they're not spending them. Where are they going to get it from? Exactly. You know, he's not going to just start paying players about 100 grand a week from when we're paying him like 25, 30 grand. And do it all of a sudden because if you do that with the players you bring in, you have to do it for the whole squad. Yeah, because you know they'll understand the players will understand if they bring some, well, they won't, they'll all be knocking down the door of the manager if that happened. Yeah, so you have to do it steadily. Yep, if we'd have stayed up for a year or two, you could have increased the wages steadily, 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 and kept doing what you know and kept drip feeding new players in like they would Bergen people are, but they aren't, they're going down and they'll be back on shit money and we're back to square one. (laughs) That's a cheery thought. So who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> McCabe. <laughs> well, he's, he's too busy sticking his banners up. He's busy. Oh, dear. Right. Anyway, back to the match then. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, was there a match? Who's your man of the match? Who are you going to pluck out um, of that lot? I don't know. It, it, it's hard to, to say there was one good player. I, I can't think of really really well um i'm gonna say i'd flex performance for me would were a, a fairly bright spot he he got involved he, he made a few forward runs he put a few deliveries in he was also pretty poor defensively at time but weren't they all I'd, best of a bad bunch probably lundstrom started well went rubbish you can't really pick anyone out because they were just no. at times they were chasing shadows, weren't they? And Billy Sharp, <laughs> <laughs> the goat, yeah, fair enough. Peter Venkman, my man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's it. So we'll we'll be back on Wednesday, back back in the cup. If I remember what day it is, yeah. 
I'll, I'll be back up for the cup. Anyway, is it snowing yet? Probably not. Snowing with uh, what marshmallow man uh, <laughs> come busting all over Sheffield. Don't be busting all over Sheffield. <laughs> right. Uh, on that note, don't have nightmares. Go and watch Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. That definitely Rick Moranis was a Ghostbuster for a period. Please, somebody help me on this. <laughs> Nonsense. Good night. Good night.